How do you make a good podcast? Where do you get your questions from? What equipment do you need? Join me in my class as we talk with George Kiros from the Innovators Mindset Podcast about these questions and more on today's episode of Grade 7's Talk to Experts, where Mr. Cron talks to a podcast expert. And welcome to Grade 7's Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Cornelius Cron, and I'm a teacher at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we're going to be doing in our podcasts. This is uh, season two. We had one started last year, and uh, because of COVID, we got 12 episodes in, and uh, we didn't get to record any more after that. So um, we are ready, though, for season two. Um, we're a class of 25 grade seven students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we focus on experiential learning using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, arts and math. Uh, we want to answer that age old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study in the classroom with the world outside of the school. For our podcast in general, uh, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. Um, this person could be an expert in their profession or job or in what could traditionally just be considered a hobby or an interest. So they don't necessarily have to be getting paid for it. They don't have to be professional. They just uh, know a lot more about the topic than we do. Today, I'm going to act as the host and the students have uh, contributed some questions for me to ask and uh, some of them will come up and ask you some questions as well. Uh, in future episodes, our students are going to take the lead. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our first expert who is fittingly an expert on podcasting, George Kiros of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to join all of you. I got to ask you, are you in Alberta or are you in Saskatchewan? Well, uh, the school itself is the newest school in Lloydminster, Alberta. So we're on the Alberta side. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I live in Alberta, but I'm from Saskatchewan. So had to ask. Uh, Humboldt, I believe, yep. in that general yep. area. Yep. Yeah, I grew up in Humboldt as a kid. Yep. One, awesome. of you, one of the teachers in Lloydminster is actually, her name's Shelly Mirth. She is my high school biology teacher. That's right. And I was just talking to her this morning and she asked me to say hello. Oh, uh, very cool. Her. So yeah, she's she awesome. is, uh, she's our tech contact here and she is fantastic. And I, um, I pick her mind all the time and uh, it's a, uh, it's a really good relationship. She's a fantastic she's actually Probably the only teacher that made me like science my entire school career. So that, that, that tells you something right there. Yeah, she is fantastic. Um, she was sharing about uh, her classroom where when she had started, she inherited a whole bunch of animals, uh, like live animals in oh, wow. the classroom, and she had to uh, take care of them. So she wasn't aware of that when she signed on to the job. <laughs> yeah. The previous teacher had given her a whole bunch of live animals to take care of. So, yeah. yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about growing up in Humboldt? What was that like? Yeah, well, it's, it's a pretty cool town. Uh, Humboldt has, I think, about 5,500 people now. It was, I think it's a city now, but it was always kind of that debate because of living in Saskatchewan, whether it should be a city or a town, because it it barely met the threshold. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really good experience for me growing up. I have a lot of really close friends to this day that I grew up with in Humboldt. And I, I think a lot of us have gone on to do... Um, good things in our, our different fields because we push each other. And I think having a good uh, tight knit uh, group of friends really made a difference. And it was a really great community to grow up in. My parents had a restaurant there uh, for basically my entire time while I was uh, growing up there. And then I left when I was probably 19 or 20 years old to go to university, the university of Saskatchewan. Yeah, but so I've, I look back on Humboldt and uh, when the tragedy happened there a few years ago, uh, it was horrible, but I wasn't surprised at how the community came together because I, I grew up in that community and just know how uh, how supportive people are there. So it was, it was good to see that people around the world saw the power of that community. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a... That was a uh a touching moment um, in, in good ways as well as in bad ways, right? It was something that really got oh. to our hearts at that point. So yeah. um, do you remember grade seven? 
What was grade seven like for you growing up in Humboldt? Grade seven, I was actually uh, had two teachers. I can remember my teachers uh, at the time. I had a teacher in the afternoon. We had a different teacher in the morning. Our teacher was also the vice principal at the time, Mr. Mashinsky. Uh, my my afternoon teacher was Ms. Bueller, and she taught us uh, French and yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting time because that's the second last year that you're in elementary school, uh, and I don't know if it's different where you're at. Uh, we we went to kindergarten, grade eight, and then you go to high school. But yeah, I got to play. Uh, that's where I was like introduced to play. Started playing basketball, uh, doing different sports, and yeah, growing up in a in a Humboldt uh, public school, it was it's like one of the, it's a school. If you see it, it's, I think they just recently renovated it. They might've actually tore it down. Cause I think even when I went, it was over like, it was like almost a hundred years old. It was very old building, but yeah, I have very good memories of that school. Awesome. Um, yeah, things are a little bit different here in Lloydminster. We are typically kindergarten to grade six um, mm -hmm. in our elementary schools. And then we have some middle year schools that are uh, seven to nine. And then we all go off to the uh, comprehensive high school for 10, 11 and 12. Um, and College Park is unique in Lloydminster as well, because we're actually a K to nine school. So we're a combined elementary and middle year school. So we're a little bit unique. You actually you actually in Lloydminster. <laughs> You have one of my favorite pizza places in the world, Vern's Pizza. Vern's, yes. Uh, their commercials. I, I have enjoyed some Vern's Pizza as well. Um, but <laughs> on their commercials, you see just how much meat they are stuffing yeah. onto those pizzas. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing like it. And I've never had any pizza that was even close. They had it in Saskatoon growing up. And you right. can still get it there. But uh, sometimes when I'm actually going to see my, my mom. She lives in Saskatoon or go to Humboldt. I always stop at Vern's. And it's, I always know where it is because it's literally on... The border street on the border. That's right. I know where to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Grade seven is a great year too. Um, I'm finding that as a teacher, this is, I think my fourth year doing grade seven. I still remember my grade seven teacher. Um, I grew up in Ontario where we were K to eight. And then we went to high school for nine through grade 13 or OAC, what they called them. Right. Uh, but my grade seven teacher, his name was Mr. Brady. Um, and he had what we thought was the weirdest vehicle in the world. He had a car that uh, you got in, uh, you put the key in the ignition, but then you pushed a button to start it. And uh, that that's nowadays, that's exactly how you start most right. cars. But back then it was a weird car that, that you had no idea um, <laughs> that was going to be the future for us. So yeah. That's very cool. Um, so, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, about your work after, um, university, uh, you became a teacher and then what happened after that? Yeah. So actually, interestingly enough, I went to become a kindergarten teacher. That was the goal. And I, my very first job was as a high school technology teacher, which I thought was interesting because uh, I had a little bit of technology experience and I interviewed for a kindergarten position. They kept asking me about the, the computer experience that I had. And they didn't give me the job for kindergarten, but they called me two weeks later and said, we we have a perfect job for you teaching high school technology. And I, I had no idea if I would want to take that. And then my at the time, my cooperating teacher said, you need to take any job that you can get right now. Right. So, and uh, yeah, so I did that for a few months. And then because it was just a temporary coverage and then they offered me to stay, but I actually ended up. Uh, going to teach grade four because I actually swore I'd never teach high school or middle school. I just want to work with elementary. And then I taught uh, elementary for a couple of years. Uh, then I went to Alberta and I was there. I've been here probably, oh, I don't know, 20 years. I think I've been here. Um, well, no, not that long, but pretty close uh, being here. And, uh, uh, and then I was a principal for a while. I worked at central office. But what's really interesting is that I probably 11, 12 years ago, I started tweeting about things we were doing in our school just to kind of, you know, keep parents informed, to share what we're doing. And uh, I started a blog, which was like a portfolio of my work that I wanted to share with people. And uh, people from around the world said, hey, that's really interesting. I, I love what you're doing in your school. Would you be interested in coming to speak? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, we'd love you to speak at our school and share some of your stories. I said, yeah, sure. I guess I could. And then I remember the first time somebody said, well, what, what do you charge? I'm like, you're going to pay me for this. And then, uh, just, 
accidentally, I ended up starting to speak around the world. It wasn't something I ever planned to do, but people uh, found what I was sharing interesting. And then I, I basically just have been doing that for the last uh, 12 years or so, more so um, now than I did when I first started, obviously. But now because of COVID, I haven't traveled since March of 2020. Uh, the last place I went to before this all happened was I spoke to superintendents in New York uh, State. And then I've been home ever since. But what's interesting and cool about this time is I get to speak to places all over the world, but I do it from home. So I do it from the very place that I'm speaking to you from today, which is and what what my work is now is I'm really trying to help students find um, opportunities like I did, but uh, be more intentional about it. Mine was accidental. I, I kind of fell into it and we we're like, Hey, if you kind of share some of your good ideas and, you know, people will find your work and, you know, and that can, can lead to opportunities that I didn't have when I graduated high school. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a great, um, evolution of, uh, yeah. you know, from, from start to end, starting from teaching and, and becoming a world known speaker. Um, I've had the pleasure of listening to you speak, I think four times in, uh, in four different, uh, oh, wow. conferences, actually the, uh, the Saskatchewan IT conference and then, oh, yeah. um, the, uh, the teachers conference, the central East Alberta teachers association, Siatka, something like that in Edmonton. Oh, right. Okay. In Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. I remember actually yeah. being in Saskatoon because my brother's there and, uh, and it was at the, the Besboro hotel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. That's a, that actually, that hotel reminds you of that looks a lot like my elementary school. It's like oh. that kind of old architecture. Yeah. 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 Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your book? Was that, um, was that your, your books, I guess, plural yeah. uh, innovators mindset and then innovating um, inside the box. Yeah. And um, when did that become intentional or when did, was it, was it accidental as well? Yeah, so I actually um, kind of, as I mentioned earlier, I started a portfolio and uh, a blog slash portfolio. And the whole reason I started that was to, uh, as a principal at the time, and we wanted our students to do portfolios, but we didn't really know what we we're doing. And I think a lot of times in education, we just kind of throw things at kids without actually knowing what's happening. So I said, okay, if we're going to be effective at this, like I want to see what this is like. What are some of the, the positives? What are some of the, the pitfalls that we have to be aware of and understand it from a viewpoint of a learner? So I actually started that and that actually projected uh, my speaking career. And I had just maintained it and started using it. And it was really good because it, it pushed my learning, but people started getting more access to my ideas. And the more I shared, the more people started saying like, hey, we'd love you to write a book for us. We'd like to have this opportunity. And then uh, I was offered uh, several contracts to write. And then I accepted one with someone who actually became a partner with uh, eventually. And we actually own our own publishing company now. So uh, Innovator's Mindset was published by Dave Burgess Consulting. But Dave Burgess and I own Impress, which is a, a subsidiary company that my wife actually runs. And we, we actually publish authors as well. We do a lot more mentorship. We do spend a lot more time uh, with the authors. But what was really neat is that I had been writing probably about five or six years. And when I decided that I'm going to finally write a book, uh, I, I, it took me only about two weeks because I actually just pulled stuff out of my portfolio and then just put it, you know, into like a book form. And I didn't just, you know, take blog posts and then just copy and paste them. I had to really think like, Hey, what's the difference between a blog and, and an actual book? Right. And how do I make this all come together as one place. And then, yeah, and that, that actually innovators mindset, uh, is probably, you know, and that's my first book. It's gone on to sell, I think almost 150,000 copies around the world, which is pretty amazing for an education book. And, um, this innovate into the box is uh, starting to, to do very well. And I think a lot of people are looking at it right now because, um, the whole concept you you work within constraints and how do you figure out solutions within those constraints? And, you know, everyone is, you know, in your classes, you know, working within constraints right now and you're doing some things that other schools say they can't, but obviously you're proving that wrong. So I think, yeah, it's, it's been interesting because I, it, it, and I'm sure you're aware of this too. There's a certain credibility right or wrong. And I think it's going to change that. Like, I wasn't considered a writer by a ton of people until I wrote a book. 
right? right. Even though I've been blogging and probably had written the equivalent of like 10 books uh, in that blog easily. Um, but I actually think that's changing. I think that's kind of an old school credibility. Like I think a lot of people are going to say like, uh, Hey, you're not really, nobody really knows you cause you don't have a YouTube channel, right? Like, or you don't have this. And I'm like, I'm wondering where that shift is going to happen because you know, you've seen this in education for years. It's like, well, you know, like what book do you have? And I'm like, well, I write all the time just because you can access it for free. doesn't make it any less. Meaningful, right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how that, but I, I think that's going to shift at some point. It will. And I don't know that it will be like an instantaneous thing. I think we're in the midst of that shift, right? Yeah. We're, we're moving. And that's one of the reasons that uh, classes like mine and, and others all over Canada or the world are, are happening is because we need to, we need to shift and it's not going to be an instantaneous shift, but we're, we'll, we'll get there. We'll work along with the kids. So, yeah. So um, innovators mindset, I um, got you into um Sorry, I'm going to rewind a little bit. I was, I've been listening to your podcast. The, yep. the reason that I contacted you was for your podcast. Um, and I was scrolling back through the podcast and I realized you actually, this is actually like your second version of a podcast because you had the innovators, the IMMOOC, the yeah. IMOOC there for a little while. So how did that get started? Yeah, so we actually, um, what was really neat when Innovators Mindset came, came out, we started this Innovators Mindset Massive Open Online Course. It's just what we called it at the time. And it was like, uh, I, we did a book study uh, with my own book. So it was, you know, I think people appreciate it because they were doing a book study with the author of the book. So if they didn't, if they wanted to like, hey, like, what did you mean by that? They're not, it's literally the exact interpretation of what I meant by it because they're talking to the author. So what was interesting is that we would do these like one hour conversations. We would have some guests on, uh, we would talk about uh, an element of the book, but then we would interview people uh, during that time, but we only did it for, you know, a few months at a time, but every week uh, people would actually take their learning and then they would blog it out and they would share it out and they would talk about the book, which actually is probably one of the reasons why the book did so well is because a lot of people were, you know, sharing it from their own spaces and they had access to people that I didn't have access to. And that wasn't intentional, but it, I kind of realized that's what happened after we just wanted to like have conversations. And so that's kind of when I first started uh, posting this stuff into uh, an audio format. And uh, I had maybe done a couple like, you know, solo podcasts. I remember actually doing a couple like while I was driving and just recording my voice talking because I, I spent a lot of time traveling and uh, just said, hey, like I'm going to be driving for two hours. Like I can easily drive and talk to myself for 50 minutes. And then last year uh, and it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people started podcasts after COVID, but I started mine before this all happened. So I decided in, uh, I think 2019 at the end of the year, I kind of always take my force myself to take a little sabbatical at the end of the month, just to kind of regroup and think about like, Hey, what do I want to try this year? And like, what's some new things I want to do? So I said, I'm going to actually try this. And, uh, you can kind of see the setup I have. Like I got, um, you know, like I got this awesome mic now. I got like a cool little soundboard and I can play like do, do little shout outs like. <laughs> and I love this thing. This is one of my favorite things about podcasting. And uh, yeah, like I have a nice camera. I got my like ring lights, all that other stuff. But when I first started it last year, I actually... Uh, would go down to the basement, find the quietest room possible. And I just had a $15 mic that I'd plug into my phone and I would just talk there. And I think, and I'm, I, maybe this is going to sound like bragging because it is kind of, I'm really proud that I don't wait for it to have the perfect setup to start things. Cause I think a lot of people, um, they, well, they need all of these certain conditions met before they do things. And they kind of always continue to push the bar where they don't actually do things where I'm like, Hey, what's like the minimum amount of things I, I need to start this. And then I start and then I say like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting more interested in this. I'm going to start buying some equipment. I'm going to pick up this mic. I'm going to maybe like, cause even the first episodes, um, and I, I called it basically season one last year, they were only audio and it was only me. And then COVID happened. I said, Hey, I, I you know, I have access. It'd be nice to talk to people. Um, because I have more time to do that and it can make uh, consistent. So 
started buying like a mic for my, you know, and started using different cameras and I have different setups here now too. So it's, it's expanded as, you know, I've kind of developed myself in this space. But like I said, a lot of people will not start until they have everything that I have. Yeah. And then, you know, how do you know, how do you even know if you're going to like it? And then you might spend all this money go, kind of going through that process. So that's something that I, you know, I think a lot of people really know me for. And like, anytime someone calls in, I know you talked about like being an expert and stuff like that. I actually don't see myself as an expert in anything. I see myself as a learner and that's what I always try to model. And I'm always trying to figure out stuff and seeing and really understanding this. And I think one of the reasons is I wanted to start this podcast because just like what you're doing with your students, I want to help students say like, Hey, why don't you start a podcast? And here's what I did. And here's some of the things that I've tried. And then I can talk from experience because I think a lot of people will push students away from doing these things because they've never done it themselves and they don't actually know the benefits of it. Right. And I think for me, it's a really powerful way to reflect, to learn from people. And honestly, in the last, um, you know, in the last whatever year since this has all happened, it's kind of a nice socialization thing for me. Like I like talking to other people and I've kind of missed it out. And, you know, even though I'm isolated, I have some really interesting conversations with people that I, I actually felt I didn't have the time to do for the amount of time that I do it now. So it is, yeah. it's really good. Awesome. Um, I attended several um, uh, conferences and I heard people talking about podcasting and uh, I was afraid as well. And mm -hmm. I, I was so afraid last year, the very first podcast that we did, um, I had no idea how it was going to go. Um, and, and it wasn't actually episode like the first episode where we where we contacted a podcast expert again. Um, it was my second episode when the student took over and the mm -hmm. student was in charge and did all that. And in the end, I just had to like step back and, and let the student do. And the student blew it out of the water. Like he was so amazing. He He's talking about something that he loved to do. He's talking to somebody that he knew already. And he was in charge of that conversation. He knew exactly what was happening. And it was such an aha moment for me. Yeah, um, I think the kids behind me, guys, uh, how many of you are, are scared to do the first podcast? Yeah, look at those hands waving. I can he, see that. Right. We are, we are a little bit scared. We're a little bit uh, apprehensive. And I think it's because we don't know um, what it is. We've done a little bit more practice this year than in the past. We did, you know, we interviewed each other and then we interviewed a sibling and then we interviewed a parent. And so um, we're, we're now branching out to to somebody who doesn't necessarily um, know us and love us and accept us for everything that we are um, into the general public. And so I think it's a it's a valuable step to take. And so thank you for sharing your journey. And We've um, we've got some general questions here about podcasting that we'd love to ask you, and uh, I'm going to bring it bring up one brave soul. Um, Jack is going to come up, and he's going to uh, ask you a little question, um, and then JB is going to follow that up with a with another question. So, uh, Jack, JB, come on up, come on up, you two. A little bit of a a trek from the back of the room. Um, they're in the back corner, but not because they're naughty naughty. That's where they chose to sit this time. So. <laughs> Hey, thanks, thanks, Jack, for, for coming on up. How you doing, Jack? Good. Good. Feel free to take your mask off right there, bud. Uh, what makes a good podcast? Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question, Jack, and I appreciate you going first and asking um, everyone, you know, before. And I think I just kind of thought about what, you know, your teacher asked, you know, who's all scared to share. And I think one of the things that is can be really powerful about a podcast is some of you might be scared because you feel like, Hey, I don't have anything good to share. You know, like who wants to listen to me? But I think that if you want to be really good at podcasting, I think you just have to be a really first a good listener is that can you ask questions of people and get them talking and then really listen to what they're saying and trying to hear uh, what they're talking about and kind of build on that. And what I'll, what I'll tell them is, Hey, I actually am going to ask you just a couple questions uh, about yourself and about kind of your journey and your work. And then I'm going to just kind of figure out questions from that place. So I think if you want to be a really good at podcasting the process, um, especially if you're doing kind of the interview style, it's just being a good listener and thinking about like questions to kind of follow up so you can be more conversational. And Jack, probably just like, you know, you talking to your friends, I'm sure that they say stuff and you build on what, and you kind of go back and forth. 
And I think that's what people want to listen to. They don't want necessarily like a, a job interview where uh, you ask me a question and then that's, that's it. I just give you an answer and then we just go on to the next thing. Like, is it conversational or is it something where you're just getting direct answers and then it kind of feels like it's dead air. So that, that for me is something I like listening to. And that's what I try to do is I try to let people, when I'm actually running the podcast, trying to get them to talk more and share their ideas because it's a good way for me to learn and for my audience to learn as well. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for coming up. Just going to adjust the screen here a little bit. Probably. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm good. good. Um, what's the hardest thing about podcasting? Oh, I think for me, um, sometimes just the, the hardest thing is for if some of the technical aspects of you really want to have like really good sound. You want to have, um, you know, good. Like I try, I post mine on YouTube as well. So like I'm very cognizant of the audio element, uh, the video element, and just kind of figuring out how to start like, hey, how do I get this to like to iTunes or Apple Podcasts? And then how do I, how come everyone has theirs on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, SoundCloud and all these other things? So I think the hardest part for me was actually just starting, was actually figuring out those little technical aspects of how do I get this to as many places as possible with honestly with as as little amount of effort as possible so like when i um post my podcast every week all i do is i upload it to one space and then it actually then just it actually just goes to several because you know people listen you know people have iphones people have android phones uh people watch on youtube so i just kind of upload it in one space and then uh connect there Probably the hardest part is that is starting. And then interestingly enough, the conversations are really easy. That for me is probably the easiest part. It's the editing after too, like editing stuff, uh, adding in, you know, kind of little introductions to what they're doing. And I don't ever read scripts. I maybe I probably should, but yeah, I, I like talking. So that for me is the easy part. It's the, all the technical side. But once you kind of get through that the initial setup, you'll you'll kind of figure out what your workflow is. And that's that's kind of what I've done now. Huh. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a good day. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was just going to say, um, yeah, starting. Starting was the hardest part. Totally. Right? And yeah. uh, being, being willing to make that mistake. Um, I want to go back a little bit to you saying that you weren't necessarily an expert. Um, and I was thinking that you're probably, you could probably be considered an expert in learning, right? I, so that's my hope. That's, I, I want to, like, I consider myself a voracious learner. I really uh, try to, and I, even when I blog, I kind of just share like, Hey, here's stuff I'm thinking about, here's stuff I'm going through. And what you know, this too, is that the more, that you start to learn, the more you realize you don't know and you're trying to figure out, right? You never feel like, oh, like I got this all down. And I think sometimes we can become arrogant when we think we know some stuff and then we don't to want to learn anymore. And I think, especially in education, that's that's a huge thing for me is that uh, we are learners before we're teachers because if you don't, if you forget how to learn, you can't really effectively teach. Yeah. Um, I have somebody who was a little apprehensive. Well, actually was very apprehensive right before we started. Um, no. She said to me, no, I'm, I don't want to do it. Have somebody else ask, answer my question. But I just checked with her and she is good to go. And she would love to uh, ask you a question about your process. I'm honored. I'm honored. Come on up, Adley. Hey, how are you today? Good, you? Good. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you saying hi. Okay. Uh, my question is, do you get a list of questions before you do podcasts or do you just make them up as you go? Well, I usually have a few questions that I just kind of have ready to go. What I've done and it's really helped me is that I usually do two shows. So I, when I have a guest on, I'll do something called three questions. And because I interview educators, what I usually ask them is like, who's a teacher that inspired you? Uh, who's a principal or vice principal that inspired you? And what's something you would tell yourself when you first uh, started teaching? What advice would you give yourself? So I do that show. And so those three questions are the same. And I, I plan to do it for the whole year. And actually what's interesting is uh, I started that 
you know, and I, as I mentioned to your teacher, I kind of decided, Hey, what's, what can I try new this year? So I said, when I have a guest on, I'm going to do a three questions podcast with them. And then I'm going to do like a longer form podcast because the three questions about 10 minutes and the three questions podcast is actually really, really popular. And what, uh, and I publish it every Thursday. And what's interesting is that I kind of got an idea, light bulb moment. Uh, I actually have people, there's, uh, I think 15 chapters and 15 different people answering one of those questions and I'm publishing a book with it. So that's, that's one of the things I do is I ask questions, um, you know, those three questions, but on my longer form podcast, I have some like general questions. I ask um, the people that I talked to before, um, before I do the podcast, like, Hey, is there a book that you have? Is there something that you want to share with people? And then I have like a little, you can sometimes see I grab my pen and I write stuff down so that, you know, I just remember things as I'm going, but I don't actually just start the interview ever. I, I actually will sit and just talk to them for 10 minutes and get them to feel comfortable and, you know, just kind of like talk to them and kind of see like what's something that we might want to talk about during this time. So I think a lot of times it helps people who might be nervous going on to a camera for the first time or being on a podcast because they know people listen to it. So I want to get them as comfortable as possible and just kind of learn about them. And then based on some of those things, then I'll decide, hey, this is something they probably want to be asked while I'm recording. And hey, this is probably something they don't want to be asked while I'm recording. And so I try to figure that out. Um, yeah, but it's like I said, you know, to your teacher, it's it's a really great way to just kind of hang out with people too. Like I, I, I actually don't get paid for my podcast at all, but I love doing it. It's something I really appreciate doing because I just get to know people. And so I, like I said to Jack, it's, it's a good way to just kind of, you know, have conversations with people and, and hear different stories. So thank you for your question. Part of me, what was that? Say it again. He didn't hear you. That's that was wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate you asking your question. I know it took a lot of bravery. So thanks for coming up. I hope you have a really good day. You too. So, uh, so I thought I would actually turn the tables on you since you brought it up first. Sure. I'm going to ask you those three questions that you sure. often ask, but we're going to turn it around and talk about podcasting. So, um, who is a podcast guest that has inspired you? Well, actually, just had um, Steve Bowler on. He he's uh, He's like a six foot eight gentleman that I know I've met him a couple of times and he's a really nice guy, but the stuff that he talks about with like leadership and integrity is really, really powerful. I remember actually sitting in the podcast and he just like, he wrote a book on, on the topic and just listening to him, like list off things. I'm like, where are you getting this from? Like, how do you know all this stuff? And he's just a really um, inspiring guest. He was someone that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, Salome Thomas L. He's a principal in the New York area. I just had a conversation with him uh, just actually this past week. So those episodes are going to be dropping probably in the next month. But I, I honestly like, I don't know if there's anyone I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not ever like, in, in like, I, I'm not a celebrity chaser person. I'm not ever, and I just, I see people as people and I just like listening to stories. And I think, you know, this too. Uh, I appreciate a lot of people know me from Twitter and social media. Yeah. But I, I also like, I'm, I know there's so many teachers that are not on social media who have maybe five followers on any account who are doing really amazing stuff and talking to them. And so I, I don't ever look for like, Hey, who's a person that's going to draw me like a lot of people to watch. I just want to talk to people and, you know, and I probably, I like using my platform to elevate voices that maybe other people have not heard. And that for me is really important. I know like a lot of people, they just want like big names. And that's, that's not, you know, like I, I consider everyone I, I connect with someone who's really important. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the second question then would be, uh, who is a podcast host that has inspired you? Do you listen to other podcasts? Um, I actually, I actually, uh, the podcast, the funny thing is the one podcast, I don't really listen to education podcasts. I don't, I think part of it too, is that, um, when I have some free time, like, and I'm sure, you know, like I'm in, uh, Saskatoon, right. And I speak at that conference 
And then I speak at that conference and I'm talking education. Then I go sit down and someone says like, Hey, I want to ask you some questions about this stuff that you talked about. Then you do a session and then you have a break, but someone asks you questions. So I'm talking education, like nonstop all day. Right. And people feel that their time is limited with me. So there's a little bit difference when I was a teacher, you know, people didn't necessarily ask me a lunch stuff about teaching. Right. We would just talk about whatever. Like so it. when I, when I actually, um, I'm not presenting or I'm not like working on education stuff. I actually stay as far away from education as possible. But uh, one of the podcasts I listened to was Jalen and Jacoby. They're, uh, they're actually Jalen Rose is someone, he's a basketball player. He went to University of Michigan and uh, I would listen to their podcast. They actually, it's interesting. They had a podcast that actually became a TV show on ESPN and I watch them and they, they inspired like these things. <laughs> So like I, I've looked for their soundboard because I think right. their soundboard is hilarious, but yeah, they were just, I, I really am into sports and uh, they just have really funny takes, but they are, um, are, are just have different viewpoints. Uh, someone, I, a, a TV show that I watch that I've loved forever, but actually is in podcast form as well. Like they just take the TV show. It's called pardon the interruption. It's uh, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser and it's just like grumpy. Uh, it's, I feel like it's grumpy old men talking about sports is what it could be called. And they just argue and fight about stuff, but they love each other. And I, it's just like, it, I just love the back and forth. Like I, I don't always try to agree with people that I talk to because I think there is, it's sometimes it's, it's interesting to like have a little conflict in the conversation, right. That, you know, have differing viewpoints. Yeah. So those probably, you know, as much as I love talking to educators, uh, I, I do, it is really important to me to get away from it too. Like to not always be about education because I think it would drive me crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, we have two more students who have some questions for you. So, uh, Logan and Vanessa, if you guys want to come up here, uh, we'll start with Logan first. You got it. Come on up, bud. Logan, how are you doing today? Good. You? I'm very good. I'm, I'm honored to be here today with y'all. Okay. My question is, what was the long, longest podcast that you've ever done? Oh, probably when I used to do the iMOOC ones, they could probably be about 60 to 90 minutes long. Uh, and I, I, I usually, when I was talking about the other one, when I was doing uh, the three questions, I try to keep that one around 10 minutes. The longer podcasts I can do, uh, I try to keep, I try to do at least 30 minutes. But I can, I've done probably 70, 80, 90 minutes just based on the conversation I'm having right now. And I try to gauge it like how interesting um, is this conversation for people that are going to listen? But is there something that's really important here to share? So I don't ever like set a time limit for the podcast. I kind of have a general time because I know how long people's attention span is. But yeah, no, I've, I've done up to probably... Um, 90 minutes and two hours um, on podcasts that I've been recorded on with other people as well. So um, yeah, if I can keep people that interested for that long, that's, that's pretty amazing. Cause I know, you know, I can only watch TV shows that are about 20 minutes long. So I, it's for people to listen to me for an hour is amazing. Thank you, so, thank you for your question. Um, I just realized I forgot to ask you your third question back at you. What's so, that? Uh, I, I forgot to ask you that uh, third question from your right. three questions, which will lead nicely into Vanessa's. Um, if you could go back in time to before you did your podcast, what advice would you give to yourself about podcasting? What have you learned? I, I just, I, I think probably from the beginning, uh, just to be yourself and not worry about little things that don't matter, like ums and ahs and things like that. I think people want their podcast to be perfect and to have everything there. And I was very cognizant. I remember sitting in the basement recording stuff and I would, you know, get caught up in words and I, I can tend to talk fast and I can tend to stumble over what I'm saying. And then I would stop it, be really frustrated. And then it was really hard to record. And I think probably one of the reasons I was really frustrated with that is because right before I started the podcast, I actually recorded the audiobook version of Innovate Inside the Box. And you do have to kind of be perfect with that. They don't, they, you're with an audio engineer. And if you do ums and ahs, they make you say it over and over again. And the more times you have to say it, the harder it starts to get. Even like really uh, seemingly easy phrases can like get your, get you tongue tied. 
So I think, you know, just, just be yourself, just, you know, relax and have fun with it. And don't worry about the, the little things. If you have interesting things to say, people don't even notice that stuff. Awesome. Good. Thank you for that. Here's Vanessa with her question. Um, hey, Vanessa. If you could do a podcast on a completely different topic, what would you pick? Vanessa, what do you, I want, I want to, I want to see how much you're listening. What do you, what do you think I would do a podcast on? I'm curious what you think. Just Four kind of listening. You got it. That's, that's, that would be my exact answer. Yeah. I, I love talking sports. Um, I, I get really excited. I'm really into basketball. I actually remember I played, um, my last, my last high school basketball game. Uh, we actually beat Holy Rosary. Do you know Holy Rosary school? Do you know that school? Right. We were down by nine points with 30 seconds to go in the bronze medal, uh, game at Hoopla. And we scored 11 points in the last 30 seconds and beat them. Holy Rosary. And this is 1993. So you can actually look Humboldt. That was the team I was on. We beat Holy Rosary in that game. And uh, I, I know some people from that team to this day and I still bugger them about it. So yeah, I could talk. I love talking sports and um, a lot of my guests actually, uh, if I ever find out they, they are into sports, I, I tend to start talking to sports to them. Um, the last conversation I was just telling you about uh, with Principal L, uh, he's from New York City, but he's, or he's, sorry, he's from uh, Philadelphia and he's a big Philadelphia 76ers fan. He actually knows uh, NBA players. And so even though we we're talking education, I started talking to him about the NBA stuff. Yeah, and I, I, could, I could talk sports all day. So you, are, you already proved you're a very good listener, Vanessa. So I appreciate that because you, you knew the answer before you asked it, which I love. So thanks for asking. Yeah, Holy Rosary. That was probably uh, that's probably the original Holy Rosary, not the the new building that they're in now. So oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was actually yeah. I remember playing Holy Rosary. I don't know how long you've been in Lloyd, but they were like they platooned players. They would have five people playing, and then they would just sub out five people. And it was like they and each and they would that group worked so cohesively together. They had a certain game plan. Then you like had to like readjust to the next five. Wow, and I remember that. Yeah, and it was like. Yeah, and it was a really, really contested game. We had a couple of battles with them that year. But yeah, I remember we actually, like I said, we scored 11 points in the last 30 seconds to beat Holy Rosary. Yeah, we, we actually had 10 seconds left. Like we did it in 20 seconds. Wow. Uh, yeah, just in those, I think there was one bad call there. I think there's one out of bounds that should have went their way, but. Other than know, that. Yeah. Other than that, right? It was pretty miraculous, yeah. All right. Well, we are at my favorite uh, part of our podcast, and it was a totally accidental thing that happened last year. And it's basically uh, open mic time for the students. Um, sure. So anybody who has any kind of question for you at all, whether it is about podcasting or about education or about yeah. anything at all, they are uh, welcome to line up behind me. Love it. Anybody? We might be a little timid still well, today. That's okay. That's okay. I have just a general question that they would like to ask. Come on up, line up right here, step up, introduce yourself, um, take off your mask, introduce yourself, and then fire away with your questions. So here's our first brave soul. Not too, Actually, not too scary. I don't really know what I was gonna ask him. Ask him anything. Basketball. Sure. You do it, I love it. If you talk to me about basketball, I could talk forever, so I'm just warning you. Um, what is your favorite basketball team or who? Well, actually, okay, so this is a tough question for me right now. So I've always loved the Lakers. The Lakers are my team. I actually, like right now, I'm looking at about five boxes of different types of Kobe Bryant shoes I have because I was like obsessed with Kobe. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite players. But uh, in the last several years, I've become a hardcore Raptors fan. And are you into basketball? Are you interested in basketball? Yeah. I was actually, okay, so did you, do you remember when Kawhi hit that shot that bounced four times and then went in? Do you remember that game? Sixers game? Yeah. Yeah. So if you actually watch that last play, at the very beginning of that clip, you can see in the left corner, there's a tall guy in a blue jacket on the opposite side standing up. That's me. I'm actually That's at true? the game. Yeah. So like, I can like say that that person right there is me. So like if you ever ask, like this is a moment in Canadian history. Hey, where were you when Kawhi hit that shot? I can say I was, I was that guy. That's me right there, which is kind of cool. Um, so I got to see that game. I had a really good seat. And I actually went to game five when they lost uh, they could have won the championship in Toronto 
And then I was actually at game six in uh, Oakland and Golden State. And so I actually was there when they won the championship. And what's cool is when they win the championship, when they're like showing all, you know, getting the trophy and all those other things, you can actually see me uh, behind them, which is kind of cool. Right. So I like, like, I met the super fan. I like shook hands with Pascal Siakam. I was sitting with Kyle Lowry's wife while he scored, I think, 18 points in the first quarter. So lucky, what was really cool is that I never was, I never planned to go to any of those games. I was actually just working in the city the same day the game was happening. So I just happened to be there and I just went to all three of those games. So yeah, uh, that made me a pretty hardcore Raptors fan. It was pretty cool. Okay. Thank you. Who's your, who's your team? Oh, um, probably. I mean, I went to, I've only been to one game. It was a Lakers game. Yeah. Are you Lakers fan? Um, yeah, but I've started to like the Raptors too, because yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Lakers. I, I've actually i uh, I've gone to probably fifteen, twenty Laker games in my life. So I've been there quite a bit. I've seen them play. I've seen lots of Golden State games just because of how my travel is. I was actually I don't know if you were if you uh, like when Kobe died last year. I was really because he was my favorite player ever for sure. And uh, I was actually when they retired his jersey, not the not his last game, but when they retired his jersey, I was actually there that night too. So that was a very cool and like if you're a Lakers fan, I saw every awesome Laker player. I saw Jack, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abujabar. It was really really cool. Okay. And of course Kobe, right? Yeah. So okay, I'll, thank you. I'll, I'll have to. I'll send. The, I'll send the video to your teacher and I'll point to where I was. Okay. Okay. Thanks for asking. Who's that? Um, hey, how's it going today? I'm good. You? Good. good. Thank you. Introduce yourself. I'm Ryder. My question is, what's your favorite sound on your soundboard? <laughs> what? Okay. What's my favorite? Okay. If I don't, if I don't know what to, to say and people are taking, like sometimes when people ask me or I ask people a question, they don't answer. Then I do this one. That one's good. Uh, I like this one. I, I just, this one doesn't turn off for some reason though. I don't know why it won't uh, turn off. So that one's not my favorite. Let's see if I can change that. And then I want to see if you know this one. This is, this one makes me laugh. That was legitness. <laughs> okay. So you know that one. Yeah. So like what's cool is you can actually add whatever you want uh, to this. So sometimes when I have people, um, on the podcast that I know, I'll actually uh, share, I'll actually put new sounds on just for them, just that they know, which is really, really cool. I think as a class, you should get your teacher, you know, get the school, the principal to get you uh, one of these. And this is actually, this. I want to see who knows this song, okay? Do you know this song, Ryder? It's Friday, Friday. I mess with people with that song all the time. That's one of my favorites. So yeah, I could I could do this all day. I, this uh, it's called the Roadcaster Pro. So fun, such a good thing to add. So okay. talk to your principal and say like, hey, Mr. Crow said that we should get a Roadcaster, and you're gonna pay for it. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ryder. My name is Ryan, and my question is, where's the farthest place you've traveled for a podcast? Oh, well, I actually haven't got to travel anywhere for a podcast. I've kind of been stuck in my house doing this, um, but I've, I've connected with people. I actually had an interview with someone who is, uh, I think she's Irish, and this is where I'm going to get mixed up. She's Irish, but I met her when she was teaching in New Zealand, but by the time I interviewed her for my podcast, she was living in Tokyo. So she had just been, she just travels all over the world. Now, for speaking, um, I've actually been to um, I've been to Europe several times. I've been all over. I've, there's only two states that I haven't uh, spoken personally yet, and like actually physically been there. Even though I spoke in both those places virtually this last year, uh, I've been to Australia probably about 20 times to speak there, and uh, I've been to like uh, Beijing, uh, Hong Kong. Uh, Shanghai. So I've, I've got to see some really cool places, but for my podcast, yeah, I've only interviewed people in these spaces, but I always do it from Edmonton. So yeah, it's, it's, I'll tell you, I, I love doing this and I love speaking. I love working with groups, but I actually do not miss traveling. It was really hard on, on me and it's hard to be away from my family. So yeah, I've, I've got to see some cool spaces, but I appreciate that question. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.
Me again. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, who would be your dream person to interview? Uh, who would be my dream person to interview? Probably, um, probably Michael Jordan. <laughs> That'd probably be the person I'd love to interview. I don't know if you saw The Last Dance. That's probably one of my favorite uh, shows ever. I, I grew up uh, really loving sports and loving basketball. Um, you know, that probably, yeah, like I, I, I just love talking to anybody though. I, I like, if you ask me the, 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 the two I mentioned, I'm really into sports, but, uh, the show part of the interruption, those two guys are hilarious to me and I'd like to interview them, but yeah, probably like a sports figure or someone like that. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. So probably if you ask me off the top of my head, probably Michael, you know who Michael Jordan is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now all t like right now, like I wish I would have interviewed Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant. Uh, the reason why I love Kobe Bryant um, and I grew up watching him play and him and I are about the same age, but he is, you know, I have two daughters and he was really, you know, he's a um, big into his own daughter's basketball and things like that. So I would have loved to talk to him about basketball, but being a dad too, being a girl dad, which is kind of neat. So yeah, yeah. I, I think off the top of my head, I never, no one's ever asked me that. So yeah, that's the, the, the best answer to give you off the top of my head, but I appreciate that question. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm, my question is like, what is your favorite podcast that you have ever done? Ever done? That I've ever, like I've ever interviewed? Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I know this is going to sound like I'm just saying this, but I, I always love talking to students. That's probably my favorite thing. I, 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 your teacher might know this about me because he's, he's heard me speak a couple of times. I, I really love working with students. I love working with kids and I find them really interesting and I know that they want to do well. And sometimes, um, adults, we become a little bit jaded. We're not as positive about things. And so, yeah, I actually, um, if you ask your teacher, he asked me to do this with, uh, with, with your class. And I probably responded within 30 minutes. Like it was pretty quick. Cause I, I just love working with students. Yeah. So, and I actually make exceptions to my own rules if I'm asked to work with students. So like certain times of the day, I will not actually take meetings. I spend that time with my family, but if students are involved, I make exceptions. So yeah, I just love working with students and kind of like, you know, having conversations with them and connecting. So I know that sounds like I'm just sucking up to everybody, but no, that's, that's probably my favorite thing. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I think it was like within five minutes. Yeah, I was like shocked. I was expecting a different email from somebody else. And then uh, yeah. uh, I saw yours on my phone. I was like, oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> One more question here for you. Um, my name's Ricky. And my question for you is, what podcast would you say was the most memorable? Which was the most memorable podcast that I've ever done? Um, I think that I... Like I said, I, I I really appreciate doing with with students. That's like one of my favorite things uh, to do. Probably a, a friend of mine. His name is Dean Chereski. He actually is your teacher. Probably knows him because he's in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I know that you know it's like everyone in Saskatchewan knows each other. I know that's not actually true, but yeah, he's in, he's. Do you know Dean Chereski? Do you actually know Dean Chereski? I'm sure he's, you've seen him in Saskatoon or I, at that. Personally, um, but you but, go on him for sure. But I have a funny story about him. Um, <laughs> he, used, he used to go around promoting this little uh, this little video called uh, Boots and Cats. Okay. Yeah, and and he doesn't anymore. So um, you should ask him why he doesn't do it anymore. Okay, so, I know. Boots yeah. and Cats. I gotta look this up. Yeah, it was just the start of uh, beatboxing. Um, and it was on YouTube, and there were some visuals that went along with Boots and Cats. Um, yeah, that might refresh his memory. So okay, I'm gonna ask him. Yeah, yeah. So I D Tresky is actually a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's an educator, and I think that when uh, when I get to speak to him, I get to just kind of it's like hanging out with a friend, and I can like push him, and we can like joke around. I could probably be a little bit harder on him than I maybe would be on other people. Uh, sometimes when I do a podcast with, with somebody, it's the first time that I've ever met them, and we don't necessarily have a relationship. 
And so as much as they're really interesting, I always am very guarded about what I say. I don't want to, you know, offend anybody or things like that. But Dean, I just know him well. And uh, yeah, I, I, he's, he's probably one of, he's just a really good person that I like talking to. So that would be someone that, you know, probably would like to, uh, that I really enjoyed having a podcast with. Okay. Thanks for answering my question. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking. Um, I'm back again. Hey, how's it going? Um, you said something about um shoes, like you said you had like five boxes of Kobe's, like something <laughs> like that. And I was gonna ask you, um, do you like shoes, like basketball shoes? I do. Can you see the camera? I'm gonna show you the new ones I got. You wanna see them? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> Okay, so do you are you into basketball shoes? Yes. Well, before COVID, I like I could just name them like every single one that I saw, but I drifted. I started to drift away. I like I have Kobe's in my locker right now. Yeah. So okay, I got I got, just got these ones. I don't know if you can see them. Yeah. So these are uh, the five ring ones. I just got them. And like, I, I, so actually like we have a basketball court in our backyard, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to wear them outside. I haven't decided yet. I would not wear those outside. Right. And that's the thing, right? You buy these basketball shoes. Now, um, I want to play in them, but I'm a little too scared to scuff them up. So Mm -hmm. I actually have some other shoes, but I got, so my daughter, um, she is four and a half. And if you actually ask your teacher, if you go onto my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see her and I did an unboxing with those purple ones. So my, my favorite shoes, I just bought them, but they're not here yet. And I'm waiting for them are the Kobe Grinch shoes. You know, oh, what's yeah, the Kobe Grinches. Yeah. I'm very- yeah. So I actually just bought them. Um, and, uh, I'm waiting for them. So I'm like dying. Cause yeah. I want to, like I've wanted them forever. So they're really exciting, but uh, my daughter and I did an unboxing of those purple shoes, but I was actually checking out these other shoes and I can't remember what they're called. I can't remember the top of my head, but I wasn't going to get them. And I asked her and I'm like, and she just loved them. And they're like, so you can see kind of the, the one side and then they have like the different lacing, but like on the, like they look totally different on this side. Right. But the other shoe, so you can see the black lacing and then you see the white lacing, the black tongue, and it's like the opposite. Yeah. So I actually tried them on and they are, they are so awesome. Like I love them. You can, I could talk basketball stuff with you all day. So yeah, those, those, these are literally, I got these ones. Uh, I asked my daughter, I'm like, should I get these shoes? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll get them. And then they came in and they're just absolutely beautiful. They're yeah. yeah. So, uh, I got a couple pairs of Jordans and things like that, but I'm, you know, probably I'm more into the Kobe shoes just because of, you know, how much I like Kobe and, you know, probably is passing away. But yeah, like I, I never really was like, I always like looking at them. I never started buying them. And then I started buying them this last year. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should wear them and play basketball or should I just put them somewhere? So it's kind of a weird, weird hobby to have, I guess. Do you, do you ever like, do you play in your shoes or do you just, um, I only play on like on a court though. I don't play with them outside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like I have like, I have certain Kobe's I wear like, uh, they're like my Mamba Focus. Those are the ones that I wear outside. And there's certain ones that they, they only will play on an indoor gym. Yeah. Right. So very cool. Thanks. For, I appreciate that question. Thanks, Josh, for answering my question. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, my son has an interesting pair of shoes. They yeah. are, they're, they're a hybrid shoe where there are like literally has two tongues, two yeah. uh uh, laces, two soles, like it's, it's two shoes in one. It looks, I, I think it looks weird, but he really enjoys those. Have you seen those? Yeah. No, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them ever. Yeah. You have, to, you, are, you have to ask Shelly Mertz. She'll tell you, just say like, I was super, like I've always been into basketball since yeah, I was yeah. a kid. Right. She'll tell you, I was like, you know, if I could get out of class to, for a basketball tournament, that was, that was it for me. I was pretty happy. And I don't think anyone stopped me. So yeah, it's pretty big into sports when I was a kid. Awesome. Um, I just have one final question for you yeah. before we uh, before we wrap things up here. Um, you've mentioned your your daughters for a little bit, and uh, I talked about my son just briefly there. Um, 
education has changed so much from when we went to school mm -hmm. to when we first started teaching to now. Um, what are you hoping for? What, what do you envision um, for your children's education? I, I, I believe they're not quite in school just no. yet. Yeah, my Kalia is about to go into kindergarten next year. And uh, we've had a lot of conversations because my wife's actually a teacher and she, but she stays at home now. And uh, we are lucky enough to have that opportunity where she, we, she can be at home if she wants or she could work and she chooses to uh, be at home. So we're having conversations because, you know, I, like I'm, I'm being honest with you and this is a hard thing for me to say is that we want to make sure like if she goes into kindergarten next year as opposed to staying home with us, like what is she, what is she getting used to? So we're very cognizant. So we've already registered for kindergarten, but um, I don't, you know, some places, you know, in North America, I know it's a little bit different Alberta. They're all social distancing. They're all wearing masks. We're like, we don't necessarily want it. Like really the social aspect is really important to us. But if that's kind of cut off, then uh, we have, you know, an opportunity with our own, with my wife to be able to teach them full time uh, right now. So we're having that conversation. I just, for me, it's the same thing. I always say that's the same thing I hope for my kids is what I hope for, for every kid. And what I strive for is that if they come to school, they feel valued and we're not just putting them into an academic box and saying like, Hey, making a kid feel, um, like they struggle because they're not good at math, even though they have all these other skills. Right. And, uh, like, it's kind of interesting to talk to you because I know Shelly Mirth could tell you probably stories about me and how I would never shut up. And I always talked in class and I probably wasn't good at science, but I know she saw that I had some gifts that didn't actually fit into science, right? That I was never a strong science student, but she saw gifts in me and the classes that I struggled in, in that school would always try to shut me up from speaking. And now I talk for a living, right? Right. So I just want, I just want kids to feel valued for the gifts they bring to school. Not if their gifts don't fit into the boxes that we say are important in school. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That, no, that, that for me is really important. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for yeah, being pleasure. inside our box for a little bit here. Yeah. Um, we've, uh, learned a lot about, uh, podcasting and, uh, about <laughs> and basketball shoes too, right? And basketball shoes. Absolutely. And Hello. I can't believe that an hour has gone by already. So uh, hey. thank you very much. Thanks for everybody. It was awesome to meet you all. Thanks for the questions. Yeah. What do you guys say? Thank you. Thank you. Hey. And that's a wrap on our first episode of season two grade sevens talk to experts join us next time when jackson talks to a motorsports expert love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.